Welcome to the College Investor Audio Show, where we talk about the biggest issues impacting millennial money, from student loan debt to side hustles to building wealth. We will show you how to get out of debt so that you can build real wealth for the future. Hello, welcome to the College Investor Audio Show. So glad you're here. Boy, we've been following this lately because tick, 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 time is running out. Let's see. Will the payment pause and interest waiver be extended? So we all know that this pause and interest waiver on federal student loans held by the U.S. Department of Education is set to expire on September 30th, 2021. The expiration of the payment pause and interest waiver has previously been extended three times, from September 30th, 2020 to December 31st, 2020, and then from January 31st, 2021 and September 30th, 2021. Borrowers wonder whether it's going to be extended again. That would be four times. So policymakers are asking for an extension. In an interview on May 20th, 2021, with the Education Writers Association, EWA, Secretary of Education Miguel Cardona said, and I quote, We're looking at it. Thanks. So on June 21st, 2021, 64 Democrats sent a letter to President Biden calling him to extend the payment pause and interest waiver to March 31st, 2022. On June 30th, 2021, Senator Patty Murray and Representative Bobby Scott, chairs of the Senate and House Education Committees, sent a letter to President Biden asking asking for an extension until early 2022, basically saying the same thing. The end of Fed loan servicing. The Pennsylvania Higher Education Assistance Agency, PHEAA, for short, which services federal student loans and the direct loan program as Fed Loan Servicing, announced on July 8, 2021, that it will not seek to renew its contract with the U.S. Department of Education when it expires on December 14, 2021. PHEAA services a quarter of the borrowers and a third of the dollars in the federal government's student loan portfolio. That's a ton. So this raises the possibility that many borrowers will experience a restart of repayment followed within two to three months by a change in student loan servicer. This is probably going to cause a little confusion. Just that sentence was confusing. It would be better to combine the two changes so that borrowers can at least just get one notice telling them where to send their student loan payments. This increases the likelihood that the payment pause and interest waiver will actually be extended to the end of the year. So that's why that little bit of news is important. Here's some other reasons for extending the payment pause and interest waiver. So long the COVID-19 National Emergency Declaration remains in effect, the HEROES Act of 2003 allows the U.S. Department of Education to provide the payment pause and interest waiver if the president rescinds the National Emergency Declaration, the authority to provide a payment pause and interest waiver will end. Whether the federal government extends the payment pause and interest waiver further will likely depend on the financial impact of the pandemic and economic disruption on borrowers. This will manifest itself in unemployment rates and loan forbearance rates. Hmm. So waiting until the unemployment rates and forbearance rates normalize is pretty much consistent with an extension of the payment pause and interest waiver through the end of the year. Unemployment rates by educational attainment So this is important. The payment pause and interest waiver might be extended if the unemployment rates for college graduates have not yet normalized as of September 30th, 2021. 
We have a chart posted you can take a look at at thecollegeinvestor.com that shows if unemployment rates continue to improve at the same pace as they did in the last 12 months, they should reach pre-pandemic levels by the end of the year. Although the economic recovery could stretch out a little bit longer, it probably won't because this economic downturn was caused by the pandemic, not other factors. So as the pandemic is addressed, the economy should recover. Student loan forbearance rates. Let's take a look at those. Forbearance rates for loans that are not eligible for the payment pause and interest waiver have either normalized or are close to normalizing. This is all great news. Only 11.2% of federal student loan borrowers are actually actively repaying their federal student loans as of March 30th, 2021. But the payment pause and interest waiver is automatic for eligible loans. Borrowers have to take some extra steps to continue repaying their eligible loans. If the data is disaggregated into loans that are and are not eligible for the payment pause and interest waiver, it paints a little bit of a different picture. Only 1.2% of eligible federally managed federal student loans are in active repayment. 1.2? This compares with 68.5% of federal family education loan, FFEL borrowers, who are not eligible for the payment pause and interest waiver. Wow. There are some other charts we have when you look at this article at thecollegeinvestor.com that indicate that the negative impact of the pandemic on the borrower's ability to repay their federal and private student loans has ended. There are, however, a few caveats to this data. FFEL loans were last made in June of 2010, yielding a more mature student loan portfolio. Private student loans are credit underwritten. So both types of loans are less likely to encounter financial difficulty than loans borrowed by more recent college graduates. Nevertheless, the forbearance rates for borrowers who are ineligible for the payment pause and interest waiver have completely normalized. Again, you can see those charts at thecollegeinvestor.com. Just search for the title of this podcast and you will find it. So what happens when the payment pause and interest waiver ends? Ah, a huge question. If the pause and interest waiver is not extended, payments will start resuming on October 1st, 2021. That's less than three months from right now, the date of this podcast. Loan servicers should start notifying borrowers about the date their payments resume sometime in August 2021 under the rules established by the CARES Act. So you should make sure that your loan servicer has your current contact information and that you're signed up for auto pay, which actually might be required to confirm that your bank account information has not changed since all this started. You should also review a list of your federal loans by logging into studentaid.gov, studentaid.gov, and you can also check out your credit reports too, and those are free, through annualcreditreport.com, annualcreditreport.com. Keep a list of your loans to ensure that you don't accidentally overlook a few of them when payments do restart. Boy, that can be easy to do. And now here are some options for you if you're unable to restart repayment. If you think you might not be able to make your student loan payments after repayment begins, you should contact your loan servicer to explore your options. Call centers are probably going to be pretty busy, so just expect to wait a long time, be on hold, but you might get some quicker results if you contact the loan servicer using their online contact forms with online chats and emails. They have several options for continuing to suspend the repayment obligation. Here's one. You can use deferment. 
which is an economic hardship deferment or an unemployment deferment, or you can use forbearance, like a general forbearance, to suspend repayment. Each of these is available to you for up to three years. Interest, though, keep this in mind, may continue to accrue while payments are suspended, depending on the type of loan. Accrued but unpaid interest will be capitalized, added to the loan balance at the end of the deferment or forbearance period, increasing the amount of debt. If you can afford to do so, you might want to take or make interest-only payments during a deferment or forbearance. Interest-only payments are much lower than full payments. Another option is an income-driven repayment plan. We love these because if your income is less than 100% of the poverty line, ICR, or 150% of the poverty line, IBR, pay, and repay, the monthly payment is zero. Nothing. Nada. Zilch. If you qualify or if you're already in an income-driven repayment plan and lost your job, you can ask the loan servicer to recertify your income early to reflect the new lower income. Your monthly payment could be nothing. So the loan servicer will want to see copies of documentation of the change in income, like a job layoff notice or proof of the recent receipt of unemployment benefits. Okay, so if you have lost your job or experienced a pay cut, you might want to change your repayment plan to an income-driven repayment or an extended repayment plan. Income-driven repayment reduces the monthly payment by basing it on your income as opposed to the amount you owe. Extended repayment reduces the monthly payment by using a longer repayment term. But in both cases, more interest will accrue over the longer life of the loan. Phew! Somehow we got through that in 9 minutes and 40 seconds. That is our show, and we hope it was helpful to you as we are approaching that deadline to kick off student loan payments once again. If you need more help on this and you want to see the charts, you want to see the information right in front of you, please check out this article. Just type in, will the payment pause and interest waiver be extended? And you'll find it. It's at thecollegeinvestor.com. Thanks again. We'll talk to you again real soon.